Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. I thank God for blessing me to be in the land of the living one more time. Thank God for all that he has done for us throughout the years, throughout the days, and even this week. We are here because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of our goodness, but because of the love of Jesus is why we are here today. And I praise God for this opportunity. We're going to be talking a little bit today about bad things aren't always bad. Though it may seem really bad yet, it's not always bad. There's plenty, plenty of stories in the Bible that would seem so bad for some individuals, but at the end it became marvelous. Jesus himself looked like it was so bad when he was getting beaten beyond recognition, when they crucified him, when they put a crown of thorns on his head. It looked so bad, but when he hung his head on the cross, he said, it is finished. The work was done. And he went down and he took the keys to hell and death. He has all power was given unto him in heaven and in earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What looked bad, it turned out to be the most victorious thing that could ever happen. And he did it for you and I. So just because something may look bad in our lives does not mean that it is bad. We're going to be reading John 9, 1 through 7. Genesis 45, 4 through 8 and 50, 20. Mark 4, 35 through 41. John 5, 1 through 9. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. Matthew 11, 2 through 6. 1 Peter 5, 10 through 11. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you for allowing us to come together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for this opportunity to feed your people. My God, don't let me say anything that is according to the flesh, but bless me to only speak what you want me to speak. Bless every ear that listens to this message. Bless every eyes, my Father, that we may see. In the name of Jesus, and my Father, let this seed fall upon good ground that we may bring forth fruit even a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of John, chapter 9, 1 through 7, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his mother's womb. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. 
As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Shalom, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed, and came seen. You know, this man was born blind. Now we know that it is impossible to sin against God before you are even born. But the disciples asked, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? But Jesus said that he didn't sin, neither did his parents sin, but that the works of God could be done. This man was born blind not being able to see and it was for the reason that God can show himself strong that God can show his marvelous works that God can do a miracle in our lives that we would be able to know and believe that Jesus is the son of God that he has all power in his hands and that he can do whatsoever he wants to do sometimes we go through things in life and it's not because we sinned against God it's not because our parents have sinned against God. It is because God wants to show us something. So sometimes when you're struggling and when you're going through a hard time, don't always think, Lord, did I sin? Yes, we are supposed to consider. He said in the day of adversity, consider. So we are supposed to ask and question ourselves and lay upon our beds at night and commune with our own hearts and be still and find out what this problem is. But sometimes when we go through something, it's not because you slipped. It's not because you messed up. It's not because you sinned against God. It is just so that God can show how strong he really is. It is to so it is so that God can show you that he is there beside you. He's listening when you pray. If you never had a problem, if you never went through anything and you prayed, Lord, help me out, you would never know how strong he is if you never faced something. But when you face something and you pray, Lord, I need your help, and he works that miracle in your life, he does the impossible for you, then you know that God is listening. You know that he is right there. You know that if he did one thing, he can do another. You know that if he gave the sight to a blind man, he can give you spiritual sight. You know that if he made the deaf to hear, he can make you to hear. We know that when God moves, there's something good coming after him. So no matter what you face, no matter what you go through, remember that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It's not because you sinned. Sometimes it's just to show you that God is powerful, that God can work a work in your life. So when you go through something, make sure you understand that even if it is because you did sin, even if it is because you slipped, that God can change a curse into a blessing. He can right a wrong. He can make anything turn out for your good if you love God. So just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't give up just because something bad is happening. Because everything that bad that looks bad isn't always bad. We're going to Genesis 45, 4 through 8. And it says, 
And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold unto Egypt. Now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves, that ye sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in the which there shall neither be earring nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all Egypt. In chapter 50 verse 20 it says, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people. Sometimes when you go through something, the devil does mean it for your hurt. The Bible says that, they, that the devil has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but God has sent Jesus that we might have life. So let me tell you something. When you go through something, sometimes it is the plot of Satan to destroy you. Sometimes it is uh, the trap of the devil to trick you, uh, to steal what you have to kill you to destroy you but when the devil means it for evil then God means it for the good he lets the devil go to a certain point he lets the devil do a certain amount of things to you he lets the devil fight you for a reason but it's only for your good it's not because God hates you. It's because God loves you and he's strengthening you and he's giving you something to make you stronger. Anything in this world that you want to enjoy, except you break it down, you cannot really enjoy it. You look at these beautiful flowers outside, but you can't really smell their true fragrance unless you crush the petals. You had all that beautiful Thanksgiving meal sitting on the table, but it did you absolutely no good unless you put that food in your mouth and you crush it up and you chew it and you digest it. And then it gets broke down even farther in order for you to get the nutrition out of that food. You cannot have a roof over your head except you break something down, whether it be brick, rock, stone, clay, mud, wood, it doesn't matter what it is, you must mold it and make it to be suitable for your use. You cannot really enjoy anything unless you break it down. A diamond is not a diamond unless it's put under some serious pressure and then it becomes a diamond. Gold is worthless unless you break it down and you burn it through the fire and then you make something. But as long as it's just a rock, it does nobody any good. But when you begin to melt it down and you purify it and you begin to mold it and make it, you can make fine jewelry. You can make things out of it and people can enjoy it. But as long as it's just a rock, it doesn't do anything. So except you let the Lord break you down and put you through the fire and purify you and mold you and make you fit for the master's use, you are just a vessel that is not ready to be used. Let the Lord use you. Let him put you through something. Just because it looks bad doesn't mean that it always is bad. We're going to Mark 4, 35 through 41. 
And the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent the multitude away, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were other also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat upon the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, there's times in our lives that it feels like the waves of the sea begin to rise. And it feels like the wind begins to blow. And we feel like we are tossed to and fro. And every direction that we look seems to go wrong. And everything that we do seems like it's not prospering. And we feel like we're holding on for our dear life and we cry out to God and we ask and we beg and we plead and it feels like sometimes nothing is being done. But let me tell you something, Jesus was there with the disciples the whole time and when the ship filled up with water and the waves would not stop and the wind did not cease, Jesus was there the whole time. Jesus said, Behold, I am naive and at your mouth. If you let him abide in your heart, if you have Jesus in your heart, he will be with you no matter what you are going through. And instead of looking at the problem, look to Jesus. Instead of being fearful, know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Know that whatever you're going through, Jesus is right there with you. Know that no matter how high the waves may seem, how much the pride of life wants to take hold of you, know that Jesus is right there to say, peace, be still. All you got to do is call him. They toiled and toiled and toiled and they fought. But let me tell you something as soon as they got a hold of Jesus, he made everything okay. Don't look at your problems. Look to Jesus. Because as soon as you call him, he will say, peace, be still. And the problems in your life won't be that bad. You will not be destroyed if you call on Jesus. If you have him in your heart, he'll always be there. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will be there until the end of time. So just call him whenever you're going through something. Let him take good care of you. God is amazing. He is the only one that can bring us through any situation that we're going through. He's right there, a very present help in the time of trouble. We're going to 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. And it says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good profession that thou keep his commandments without spot unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ 
We have to fight the good fight of faith. We have to hold on to God's unchanging hand. We have to fight and not give up. The Bible says that you will reap in due time if you faint not. If you hold on to God's unchanging hand, everything will be okay. You got nothing to worry about if you got Jesus on your side. When Jesus is the captain of the ship, when Jesus is the captain of your life, when Jesus is the Lord of hosts, when Jesus is in the center of your life, when Jesus is all that you have, let me tell you something, you don't need nothing else. All you need is Jesus. When storms rise, call on Jesus. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't let nothing stop you. The Bible says that we have to be unrebukable, which means that when somebody talks bad about you, it has to be a lie. They cannot rebuke you because you did something wrong. They're supposed to only be able to tell lies about you or say something good about you. But they're not supposed to be able to rebuke you. We're supposed to be unrebukable, which means we're not supposed to do anything we know that is wrong. If we know it's wrong, stop doing it. So that when somebody sees us, our light will shine and they will glorify God. But when they can begin to accuse you. Oh, we saw brother so-and-so doing this and we saw sister so-and-so doing that. And did you see the pastor? He was where he's not supposed to be. When they begin to rebuke you, it's because you have done things that are not pleasing in the sight of God. We are supposed to be unrebukable. In other words, we're supposed to live a life that is holy and acceptable unto God. That when people see us, they can only glorify God. They won't be able to rightfully accuse us. Everything they say negative about us is supposed to be a false accusation, not truthfully. The Bible says when you go through something and you haven't done nothing wrong, then you can be joyful. But when you're buffered for your own fault, take it patiently. People are not supposed to find fault in us. They can try. They can accuse us, but they're not supposed to find it. We're supposed to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto God. The best that we know how. We're going to Matthew 11, 2-6. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which ye have do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. The leopards are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That word offended means to stumble, to give up, or to fall. So when we're not offended in Jesus, I was thinking, why would Jesus say that to John? When John is the one that baptized him, and John is the one that said, behold the Lamb of God, and John is the one that prepared the way, and the Bible says that of all the children that were born among women, there's not one that's greater than John the Baptist. So now why would Jesus say this to John? But the reason I believe Jesus said, and blessed is he that is not offended in me, to John is because people thought that Jesus was going to come and take over the kingdom of Israel and he was going to rule and reign and, and that's, that's what they thought. But when they found out that Jesus was not going to go and fight for the kingdom physically, they were offended and didn't want to walk with Jesus anymore. 
because he wasn't taking over the kingdom like they thought he was going to do. See, he took over the kingdom spiritually and he told Pontius Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world or else my disciples would fight. But see, he was taking over the spirituality kingdom. That's what he was taking over. He was taking the keys to hell and death. All power was given unto him and they thought that he was going to do it physically, but he did it spiritually so when you cry out to God and you ask Jesus for something and he doesn't do things the way you think he should don't be offended at him and begin to stop to follow him begin to give up begin to search it from somewhere else because Jesus didn't do it the way you thought he should do it let Jesus be Jesus let Jesus work the way he wants to work. Let Jesus do things in your life the way he sees fit because he knows what is best for us. And he's the only one that can make it right. Don't be offended because Jesus doesn't do what you think he should do. Let Jesus do Jesus. He is the one. We're going to 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Bible says after you have suffered a while, after you get that all of it, you crush it, then you can get the the oil out of it and you can anoint yourself and the bible says call for the elders of the church and have them anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the lord will raise them up but that all have got to be crushed first they had to kill that animal before they could get the blood you have to go through something and then after you have suffered a while after god has put you through the fire to purify you after he has begun to mold you and make you after he's begun to prune off everything that's not supposed to be. He said, I scourge every son that I receive and I chasten the ones that I love. After he has done that, after he has begun to purge you and you have suffered a while, then he will establish you, strengthen you, settle you, make you perfect. But if you're not going to let God begin to work in your life, you cannot be made perfect. If you're not going to suffer for Jesus Christ, you can't reign with him. And then you cannot be made perfect. You won't be settled. You won't be established until you suffer for a while. Just because it looks bad doesn't mean that it is bad. Let God purge you, clean you, sanctify you, mold you, and make you fit for the master's use. We're going to John 5, 1 through 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem, by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight 
When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. You know, don't give up. That man was there at the pool. I don't know if he was at the pool for 38 years, but he was sick for 38 years. Uh, the Bible don't say what kind of sickness he had, uh, but the reason he was sick is because he was, was sinning against God before, because later on, Jesus finds him and says, don't sin, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing comes upon you. Sometimes we get ourselves in a predicament, in a bad situation. Sometimes the devil puts us in a bad situation. Sometimes God seems to put us in a bad situation, but it's only to make us stronger. But nevertheless, whatsoever you're going through, don't give up. That man was at the pool and he had been sick for 38 years. And every time he was on his way to get a blessing and to be healed, somebody would step down before him. Let me tell you something, no matter what you are doing, if you see that people are being blessed around you, that doesn't mean give up. You could pray and you could fast and you could read and it seems like God's not answering. But just because somebody comes in and you see them getting blessed on this side and you see somebody getting blessed over there does not mean for you to give up. It means for you to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Let me tell you something that man every time he would go he would get cut in front of somebody would step down and take the blessing but he never gave up. He was still there when Jesus went there because Jesus will not suffer no more to come upon you than you're able to bear. No matter how bad it seems, no matter how hard it seems, don't give up. Hold on to God's unchanging hand because in due time, you will reap if you faint not. And when Jesus sees that you are trying, he will come to you. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The prodigal son, when he had done all his things and he had spent all of his money on riotous living and he would begin to be in want, he said, I'm going to go back to my father's house. The Bible says that when he was afar away off, that his father saw him and his father went to meet him. When Jesus sees that you are struggling, that you are trying, that you are not giving up, but Jesus will go to meet you. And will give you everything that you need. He will bring you out of that situation. He will strengthen you after you have suffered a while. Don't give up. Saints, don't let anything in this world cause you to give up. Be offended in Jesus because he didn't move like you thought he should move. Let Jesus do what he does best. And that is win. He never fails. Saints, stay strong. Don't give up. Keep the faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Let the Lord have his way in your life and you will find that you will not ever fail.
because Jesus don't fail. And if Jesus abides with you, if Jesus lives with you, he's not going to seek. So then you won't seek. He's not going to fail. So you won't fail. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God that you have heard and received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership or to join visit us on anchor to become a listener supporter may god bless you may he keep you may he shine his face always upon you and may he forever keep you in 